you like NASCAR? Do you like a tribe called Quest? Well, you gonna love the Urban Conservative. Do you like manwich and nachos? Well, then you'd love the Urban Conservative. Do you like guns? Do you like butter? Well, you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Yo, what's good, son? You like pitbulls, say? You like solving Sudoku puzzles? Then you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Hey, buddy, if your car making a sound like this, you might want to get you some power steering fluid and check out the Urban Conservative podcast. Are you repulsed by the idea of drag queen story time at your local library, but enjoy Carol Baskin TikTok memes? Then you would enjoy the Urban Conservative. This season of the Urban Conservative Podcast is brought to you by Newton for Senate, working to improve education, reduce taxes, and keep North Carolina number one for business. Find out more at newtonforsenate.com. This episode of the Urban Conservative has also been sponsored by Case Technology Consulting. Help your business get value out of its data and become more efficient and streamlined. Case Technology Consulting. Check out the link in the description. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Urban Conservative Podcast. It is 8 p.m. shortly thereafter on a Monday night. And as always, I'm a dual Ali, that guy over there, my twin brother, Raheem Architect Soto. Bro, what's good, man? It's Yo, Monday night. We're coming off an, a, a miraculously good weekend. Um, you know, there's some, some some things getting shot down in the skies, a bunch going on, but uh, we had a good weekend. Yeah. I mean, apparently we had a good weekend. You know, it's not aliens though. Biden didn't happen to manage to destroy the country over over the weekend. We got a great guest. Um I've I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um because because we need to bring some sanity to the folks. We need to bring some what actually is going on here. What's actually happening right. here. So, um, you know, this kickoff of this 2023, this first season of the of the the show, we got alumni to the show. Can I say that? Is that right? You can That's say it. an alumni. You yeah. can you can alumniate him. Okay. Alum alumniate. We got Ooh. a new word we're entering alumni. Yo, hold on. <laughs> he said longitude. I gotta play you the sovereign citizen who was like, I'm here to get the longitude in the latitude. The long but, but real quick, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Again, <laughs> we, we, it's our, our pleasure, our privilege to have this brother on the show, political yes. science professor, Fox News guy, host of the PAS report. Welcome, to Professor Giordano, back to the platform. <sighs> I need noise. Yes. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate uh, being back on. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Almost let us know what you've been up to, what you got going on, what's been going on in the world of Professor Giordano and the PAS report. We've been seeing you on Fox and doing your rounds and stuff. What's been happening with you, man? 
Well, I've also become a fellow with Campus Reform with the Higher Education Institute, and it's Ooh. it's been great because, you know, we get to expose what's going on out there, especially in the world of higher education and the craziness going on on campuses. Now, colleges are moving towards these DEI, SJ requirements, diversity, equity, inclusion, social justice requirements to get college degrees. It's now infected K through 12 institutions. So I got a lot to talk about. I mean, you know, we could talk about balloons and, and you know, China and possible extraterrestrials where the, <laughs> the NORAD commander said that he can't rule it out, the possibility. You know, uh, who would have thought that we'd be having these conversations in 2023? I mean, if you asked me 10 years ago that these would be today's political issues where we're debating what a man and a woman is and all, whether or not kids should be mutilated, essentially, it's uh, beyond me. It really is sad where our country, what the point we're at right now. Ali, so I, so Ali, real quick, got, oh, wait, 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 I got I to gotta start here. So you mentioned higher education, and I think that's a great place to start this whole what's really going on here. It, it is said like almost hyperbole that kids go to college and then they come back completely different. There's like a website you can go to. It's like kids before college, they look all normal and quaint and happy. And then they come back like green haired, bone through the nose, tattoo on the eyelids. Like, is this, is it's not hyperbole, the radicalization of young people in institutions of higher learning and in colleges. This is not hyperbole. This is really happening, correct? It, well, it's been going on for, for decades. I mean, we, mm. we see the indoctrination that takes place, but it's actually now worse than that because it's filtered down in the K through 12 system. So starting in kindergarten, you're now being exposed to theories that students in college were exposed to. And at least when they're in college, you could argue they're young adults. And so they could make up their minds. They could think for themselves. So I don't mind if you want to talk about it at the college level, but when you're pushing it to kids as young as five and six years old, that's not indoctrination anymore. That's just straight up brainwashing. And so that's what we're seeing going on. So we look at the education system on a K through 12 scale and we see the lowest proficiency ratings in 30 years. We see ACT scores down 30%. We see SAT scores down uh, significantly. We see the widest academic achievement gap that we've ever seen in the country's mm -hmm. history. We're seeing our university rankings falling in the international standards. And yet they chose that they want to fight the battle on DEI, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and social justice. And how about we just teach the kids how to read and write? I mean, I, I think that that would benefit the students much more. But we can't do that. Instead, we got to waste time uh, dealing with these culture war issues that shouldn't be issues at all. Right. I still have yet to figure out exactly what a DEI person does. I Like, you know, when you, you see a line item on your budget and you're like, OK, well, this person's responsible for this. I could kind of get a job description so I know what they're doing. I still have yet to understand exactly. Well, I facilitate an environment that encourages things. What? You and me both are confused about it. But even worse now, if you look at a lot of positions that are opening up at many colleges throughout the entire country, uh, they now require DEI statements <laughs> in the application process uh, of how you're going to contribute and foster. It's like a cult. I mean, it really is like a cult. Uh, and only groupthink will be tolerated. I mean, if you go against the the groupthink mentality, you're going to be ostracized. It's almost as if it's a litmus test now. 
when we look at DEI. And it really is shameful because it, it doesn't reflect real America. It doesn't reflect what our country is all about. And what it seeks to do is tribalize our society, put us in a bunch of different groups, and then the groups start fighting against each other. And, and why they're pushing it, I can't answer that question. You know, there's a few different groups of people. There's some that are nefarious. They just despise the United States. They look at it as that it's been founded in evil. It will always be evil. So we need to destroy the system to rebuild. Mm. Then you have the second group of people that are making a ton of money off DEI. I mean, we're talking it has become a multi-billion dollar industry. And I, I could understand that in a sense because it's a moneymaker. Right. The last group, to me, it's people with good intent, right? People that actually really want to make a difference, that, that want to have this racial cohesion within the country, that want to make up for past sins. But I don't think they realize the path that this leads us down. I realize it mm. because I'm a student of international politics. I'm a student of world history. I've seen and studied empires rise and empires fall. And you could see where you be, have the breakdowns in society. And when you pit societies against each other internally, it leads to destruction of a nation. Mm. So let me throw this hold out on, here, Rob. Hold on, because I know where you're going like to go. Five things that I wanted to, that he didn't cover. But go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So my brother and I were talking about this before you came on. We're paralleling the United States to the Roman Empire. Right. And here's what I've come up with. Just, just, just let me throw this at you. Tell me if I'm far off. So unchecked immigration you couldn't tell who was a roman anymore uncontrolled welfare we're just gonna give everything away to keep the the thing going to keep people buying into the idea and then uh, a non-native military force like it, the the entire roman military was made of people from not from rome so i thought i'm looking at the current united states and i'm like are we heading in that same trajectory but you forget the biggest thing decadence decadence where people just wanted to do what felt good to them and didn't care what happened to the roman empire and, and that's what oh. we're seeing here it's all about me in this moment right here right now Eesh. i don't care what happens five years from now 10 years from now 20 years from now i'm not thinking that long term uh. and, and it's that decadence of just everything has to be fulfilled in my life screw everyone else that leads societies and communities to collapse. So I think that's the biggest problem we're seeing, right? Everything's instant gratification today, yeah. uh, especially when you look at all the technologies that exist. Everyone is supposed to, quote unquote, feel happy. Well, what does happy really mean? And unfortunately, we've done away with this idea of purpose. Like, mm. you know, you speak to young people today, I want to be a TikToker or, or a YouTuber or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do for TikTok or YouTube? And they don't have any ideas or anything. They just want to be famous. It's not about mm. putting together ideas, putting together a message and actually getting out there and making a difference. And I think that's part of a problem. Everything today is about stuff and how much stuff we have, and that's going to make us happy. And that's what we've been told all these years. But the truth is that all that stuff that we have today doesn't make us happy. I mean, think about it logically. People today, if you are lower middle class, you mm -hmm. have more stuff than those in the upper middle class in the 1950s. Yeah. And yet depression and anxiety are through the roof. The lack of, of purpose in life is through the roof. Mm. And, and if you lack purpose in life, that's a problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, I, hold on, because because I wish ahead. we had like four hours to do this show because it's like 20 <laughs> million things I want to ask him, right? So you, you kind of mentioned that... that 
are we really dealing with the weaponization of our federal government? Is this hyperbolic? Is this propaganda? Or is this what's actually happening, right? And and can you explain that in layman's terms, like without making it too sciencey? Because people are telling us that we're we're over exaggerating what we're calling the weaponization of the federal government. Like, is that a thing? Okay, so I'm going to take it at a school element. The school element is not necessarily weaponized in it, to the extent that people think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're just pushing horrible messages and understand the whole framework of society is built with an education system that actually educates people to love their country and, and to be a good citizen within the country and produce for the country. Right. But we're going to take it out of the education realm. When people say that the government has not been weaponized, They are either knowingly lying or they've had their heads buried in the sand for the last 20 years. And I'm going to take it out of the realm of Republican versus Democrat. So Mm -hmm. all we have to do is look at the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act was passed in 2001. I didn't like it then. I was a college student. I argued against it. I've been conservative my whole life. And one of the lessons that a professor taught me is that the the more government expands, the more likely it is to abuse its power. Well, Everything starts with good intent. It very rapidly devolves into nefarious intent. So we have the Patriot Act passed. And what happens? 2007, the National Security Agency starts the PRISM program, P-R-I-S-M, PRISM program, where they start collecting the metadata on every single American, every single electronic communication we're sending out, every phone call we're making, they're getting the phone numbers, the timestamps on it. Uh, every time we go through an easy pass reader, they're collecting all that data, text messages, emails, social media posts. Now, it's not that they're looking at this data. I mean, nobody, I hate to break it to people, but your lives aren't that exciting where someone's going to want to sit there and look at it for so long. <laughs> but what, what it does is it creates almost like a file on every person. And then, okay, so they called this number, that number came up on this list. Now we could cross-reference it and look more closely at the person. Right. Now that was highly unconstitutional. We were told that if we passed the Patriot Act, it wouldn't be used against American citizens. Remember, it was supposed to only be used against international terrorists and terrorist right. organizations. Right. Sure enough, they turned it on us and they started collecting that data. Fast forward to 2012 and you have the IRS Lois Lerner scandal. Right. That's, you can't dispute that. That's absolute fact. She was knowingly targeting conservative groups, giving conservative groups a hard time getting uh, a, for a certain status for tax exemption. Right. Now, why was she doing that? Well, she was doing it because she did not like conservatives. Now, she was never held accountable for that. Nobody punished her for that. Right. But we see it was weaponized. The IRS was weaponized. And Congress actually reacted by defunding the IRS to punish them. That's what Congress is supposed to do. A little thing called oversight. If we fast forward to 2015, you have, well, two occasions. So you have John Brennan and James Clapper. James Clapper was head of DNI. John Brennan was head of CIA. Both publicly testified that the National Security Agency and the U.S. intelligence apparatus does not spy on Americans. So they both flat out lied to Congress. Right. Never held accountable. Then in 2015, Mm. you have the Senate Intelligence Committee. So it's not Republican, Democrat. The Senate Intelligence Committee was investigating alleged CIA abuses. The CIA was spying on sitting members of the United States Senate Intelligence Committee, including Dianne Feinstein. The Senate what? finds out about this. They bark. They raise a lot of noise. And what happens? John Brennan says, sorry, we screwed up. We shouldn't have done that. But nobody was held accountable. Now, 
they were spying on sitting members of the United States Senate. You would think that the people that are charged with the oversight of the agency would say, hey, wait a minute, get your butts in here and we're going to pass laws to make sure this never happens again. But they never did that. Then you have the whole email, uh, Hillary Clinton email scandal where she gets subpoenaed by Congress to preserve everything. Everything gets wiped off after they get that email. The FBI is supposed to be investigating, right? Right. The FBI is telling us that the Russians hacked into the Democrat National Committee headquarters. They never actually looked at those servers. Those servers were given to a private company, and it was a private company's assessment that Russia hacked into those servers. You would think that the premier law enforcement agency in the country would actually look at them to see what's going on. Right. Then you have Hillary Clinton, where her people were all given immunity. They were allowed to destroy all the phones that were used. They were allowed to destroy equipment. You had uh, Susan Rice. Okay, wait, 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 Doc. I think you're, I think you're over. I think you've made your point. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even get to the best of it yet, though. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) What? I didn't even get to the best of it. Oh, keep going. You got to keep going. So she gets the heads up about Russia trying to interfere in the 2016 election. Uh-huh. Then we all know about the Russian collusion hoax. We know about Christopher Steele and the dossier. Yeah, we know they're... the FBI tried to take down <laughs> President Trump. Wow. But there was other things going on, too. So at the same time, you have the United States Postal Service. Now, what's the Postal <laughs> Service supposed to do? They're supposed to deliver mail. That's it. Well, they had the ICOP program where they were monitoring social media accounts and they were flagging posts for the Department of Homeland Security. The post office was doing this? Yes, the United States Postal Office. Okay, the inspector general of the Postal Service said that this was highly unconstitutional and possibly illegal. Nobody ever looked into it, and obviously nothing was done with it. You look at um, the ATF. So the ATF, it's illegal for the ATF to keep a, a gun database on Americans. We know that the ATF has amassed over a million, uh, a billion documents in regards to gun owners and gun purchases. So you wow. see, and this is off the top of my head. So now if I go into my files and I actually look stuff up, I'm sure I can find a hell of a lot more to say, yes, our government has been weaponized. We just got an FBI memo. I did a lot on the national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. I believe I spoke on it on the urban conservatives a year ago. Mm. When we look at what this government has done, And we look at how they targeted parents at school boards. We look at the idea of declaring political opponents from Biden's own mouth, the fascist, the racist, the MAGA, and how they're domestic terrorists. When we look at the FBI memo that came out last Friday targeting traditional Catholics as potential domestic violent extremists, if anyone thinks that this isn't weaponized, their head is in the sand or they're just a hardcore partisan. And listen, I am someone that wants to actually limit the powers of government to prevent these things from ever happening again, not just to my side, but to their side as well, because I know how easily it could be turned on them. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, right around the 20 minute mark, we're kicking it with Professor Nicholas Giordano. You've seen him on Fox News, host of the PAS Report. You're kicking it on Monday night with us here live on the Urban Conservative Podcast. Do a quick commercial. Let's Real quick commercial break. We'll be right quick back. Quick commercial. Check this out. Just because you're black doesn't mean you have to vote Democrat. This year, in order to see benefits for our communities, we need to vote outside the box. Find out more by visiting us at TUConservative.com. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're back on the Urban Conservative Podcast. We're kicking it with Professor Nicholas Giordano, host of the PAS Report. All right, All right so brains on, fried. I, 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 yeah, he did that. I gotta Brain throw this fried. at him because I'll forget. I, I, right. I'll forget. What's actually happening with this Hunter Biden thing? And what I mean by actually happening, <laughs> that's is where I was going. There's conflicting. There's some fundamental things that I've heard that are a little confusing to me, like the Secret Service interacting with him before they were assigned to the dad, this whole document gate. Is is, is there some chance that these people are going to be brought to justice? Like, what's actually happening here? Are, are, are Republicans really working at this, or is this all show and tell, like show and gains? Mm. Well, understand that Republicans need to play politics, too. And they can't make it as if it's just a witch hunt against President Biden and Hunter Biden. I think that the way they're approaching it as the weaponization of government is a smart move. I mean, let's face it, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are corrupt. President Biden are corrupt. I have zero doubt about that. Mm. But they're not the only ones that are corrupt. Mm. And I look at if there are those that are trying to make money and use their influence to to get rich off the backs of the taxpayers that's horrific and that's wrong right those people need to be punished and prosecuted but to me the more dangerous thing is when you have a government bureaucracy that believes that they're the guardians of democracy and they inject their ideology where no ideology is supposed to be injected they're supposed to fulfill a mission to me that's far more dangerous because they have far more power i mean the fbi could destroy someone's life Right. The IRS could destroy someone's life and there's no real recourse against them. When we look at the Hunter Biden situation, there is abuses of power going on. I mean, we know for a fact that the Secret Service went into a gun store after Hunter Biden lied on a gun application, which is a federal crime. And they tried to get that application. They tried to get it from that store. So right there is an abuse wow. of power in and of itself. And Again, we were just talking about the weaponization of bureaucracies. Well, you had 51 or 52 former intelligence agents come out right before an election stating that the laptop was all part of disinformation. Understand, these 51, 52 intel, top intel leaders, they still have their connections in the intelligence community. They know what they're doing. They're not dumb people. And so they knew exactly what they were doing. It was a coordinated effort to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop story. It is Hunter Biden's laptop. It is real. And people say, well, who cares? He's not the president. No, that's not the point, because it's really about Joe Biden. It's not Hunter Biden I care about. Hunter Biden, I actually feel sympathy for. I mean, you know, as someone that's a father, I... I, I wouldn't want that to ever happen to my kid to to become a crackhead and addicted to prostitutes, have the sex addiction and everything. And, and unfortunately, I feel like everyone in his life kind of enabled him, like he was ignored as a child and, and enabled him in a sense. Uh, but it's really about Joe Biden. That, that's what it comes down to. And how much money did the Biden family business rake in from foreign entities for the influence peddling operations? That's the bigger question. I mean, we know that they shared a bank account. Right. And Hunter Biden is paying some of Joe Biden's bills. Well, did Joe Biden declare that on his taxes? I mean, how often does a, a, a 70-year-old man, or at the time maybe 72 or 73 years old, share a bank account with their 45 or 50-year-old son? <laughs> it I mean, that, that doesn't really happen too often. Right. Unless 
maybe there's financial situations, financial difficulties that are going on and whatnot, I'm, then I'm that's different. Power of attorney on dad's account or something. Yeah, like that. something yeah. like that. But when you talk about a family that has millions of dollars nah. and, and they're sharing bank accounts and, and uh. the money that's coming in is questionable and then it's going to pay expenses, it, it raises serious questions. And they say, well, you know, the, the laptop was stolen. No, it wasn't stolen. He left it at the store and that's his problem. The FBI has been in possession of a laptop since 2019. We've seen zero movement on that. Now, I, I wonder if it was anyone else with a, a Republican or, or a conservative after the name, what would have happened by now? And if we they all had know Trump the after their last name, just throw that in there. Somebody Absolutely. The and listen, Trump. I will say this to be fair to the Bidens. They are not the only family in our government that's involved in the influence peddling scheme. There are Clearly plenty of not. Democrats and plenty of Republicans that do the same thing. And you would think like all these media analysts out there, all these so-called journalists, the investigative journalists that exist, just do a cross-reference. Government contracts and then look for the LLCs that are controlled by the politician's sons. And, and you see how it's all done, you know. Northrop Grumman will get a contract and, and then some of that will go to a subcontractor who will go to a subcontractor who will go to a subcontractor that, that turns out to be the LLC of, I don't so, know, Senator so-and-so's son. So isn't, isn't because we're talking about where what's actually really going on. So isn't that technically the nature of the beast, though, if I'm playing devil's advocate? Isn't that the, 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 when something gets that big? I mean, because we're really far away, I'm assuming, from what the framers of the Constitution envision the federal government become. But, it, I mean, isn't that par for the course, unfortunately? Well, not necessarily. In modern times, yes, it is par for the course. But okay. it used to be that more, most of the corruption, not most, but much of the corruption actually existed at the local levels. Mm. That that's where you find a lot of the corruption because of government contracts and building and road work and stuff like that. Uh, this is a whole new animal that began to develop following the the government, federal government, get involved in every little thing. So basically mm. you had FDR come in with the New Deal. Uh, where the federal government was going to come in and start, you know, doling out money. And then all of a sudden in World War II, obviously we recognized. So World War II, we really weren't ready for it. And once World War II started, we had to kick in our industries into high gear to start manufacturing a lot of military equipment. So following that, you saw the rise of the military industrial complex. Mm. Uh, Eisenhower warned that, hey, be careful when you have a military industrial complex, uh, that seeks profit because they need to make munitions and, and they need to sell their products. Right. Well, you need wars in order to be profitable. So we need to True. watch that. But he also, and nobody pays attention to this part of, of his farewell address. He also warns about the scientific industry and, and the universities and the government funding all the research at the universities and for scientific studies, because he understood that with money comes this influence. So, if the money is doling out government grants, well, a lot of times in the grant funding paperwork, you know what the government wants the result to be. And as long as you play the game to give that result, you'll keep getting the funding. Uh -huh. If I play the game and say, hey, we solved this problem, there's no issue anymore. Well, then my funding stream is now cut off. Right. And so I'm out of a job. And so we, the corruption has been, been increased over the years. Mm. And it, it used to be, you know, 
I mean, you're talking serious money at this point. Right. And that's what it is. It, it, the amount of money that the federal government's kicking in, it creates the corruption. Then just look, look at politicians that leave office. They go sit on all these boards of these corporations because not because they're good salesmen. And, and it's because they could bring in business because they got the government contacts to bring in the business. So, so let me, me hold on. Right, I got I got to yeah. ask this since you mentioned it. So looking at the whole political world of the last four years you know the, the last two of the trump the beginning of the biden these first two years of the biden administration how serious are these twitter files and the collusion between twitter and the biden biden administration i saw a video of byron donald um you know really going in on some of these twitter execs so do you think anything does anybody really go to jail for that collusion or is this all pomp and circumstance well, I mean, first of all, the American people should be pissed off that uh, their taxpayer dollars were going to pay Twitter employees to do the bidding of the Democrat Party. I mean, that to me is insane. But that's not a that's not up for debate. We're not you're not saying that high like hyperbole. You're saying that's what happened. Based that's on what actually you. happened. Yes. Okay. But what Twitter what Twitter did wasn't illegal. I mean, you know, Twitter is a private company and the government came in, asked them to do these things, and many of the employees at Twitter there was actually a little bit of pushback at Twitter, which I was surprised at. It's not like yeah. they just rolled over for the FBI. They were uneasy about it, and you see that in their communications. The fact that even though they were uneasy about it and still let it go on, and that not part. only let it go on, but didn't come out and expose what was happening to me is disgraceful. But like one of the most concerning things about Twitter is not part of the Twitter files. It was actually a court case a few months before the Twitter files where it was released. Uh, uh, what's her name? Cindy Crawford from the CDC or Carol Crawford. I'm sorry. Carol Crawford from the CDC. Uh, she was part of a PR wing. She was in communication with Twitter. And she said that uh, Twitter needs to scrub, and this is her words, quote, unapproved opinions. Now, this Whoa. is a government official telling a private entity to censor Americans because they have unapproved opinions. Well, I'm sorry, who, who am I supposed to get approval from for my opinions? Am I supposed to like write out all my opinions wow. and mail it to a government bureaucrat for them to sign off on? And that, to me, shows you how deep the corruption was is within the system. You know, these people claim that they're fighting for democracy, that their democracy is at stake. They don't care about democracy. They're willing to destroy democracy all because they want power. That's what it usually comes down to. They think they're right and they want to try and silence, censor and eliminate anyone who thinks otherwise. That you know, is real 1984-ish. Oh my yes, God, Ali, Ali, I'm looking Whoa. at the time. I'm looking at the time, right? And I know Doc has an appointment and I have like a hundred more questions. I know you got something coming up. So before we get you out of here real quick, I don't want to hit the brakes too hard. We got, we got a new thing. First season, it was the one word association game. This time, yes, it's a go. Or no I've got go. a couple. I don't You're going to tell lot. us what we propose to you. Is it a go or is it a no go? Before we get out of here, because I, I see we at 842. Ali, right. what do you got first? Because mine's are a little left field. All right. My first one is... Go or no go? Coleslaw on hot dogs. Is that a go or a no go? No go. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo. All right. You took my hot dog theme question. Well, go with the second hot dog theme question then. Hot dog flavored soda. Go or no go? 
No go. That's disgusting too. And I love hot dogs. Come on, man. Right. Hot dog flavored soda. South. No, right. no coleslaw is a thing on hot dogs down here. Okay. Next one. Tickets to Kanye West performing Weird Al Yankovic's greatest hits. Do you go or no go? No go. <laughs> All right. Wow. Anywhere Joe Biden is driving. Do you go or do you no go? Anywhere, anywhere Joe Biden is the driver. He's driving. Joe's oh, driving. I got to be in the same car with him? Yeah, yeah he's, you're he's the, the passenger driver. in the car. Anywhere. It doesn't Joe's matter driving. where he's no, going. Because I could probably make a lot of money off that video in the car. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to say go and just say a Hail Mary that I survive it. Uh, Maybe we got to. <laughs> is it in his Corvette? Possibly. <laughs> all the classified documents there. Uh, <laughs> all right. I got... Go or no go? Do you go to a live reading of the Odyssey by Kamala Harris? No go. All right, I got one for you. <laughs> Twiddle my thumbs and have more fun. Black dress socks with sandals. Go or no go? You realize I'm Italian, right? That's like a go. You ever see the old <laughs> Italian men with the sandals and the black socks watering their gardens? <laughs> They're wearing so shorts dumb. with black socks to their knees. <laughs> Okay. Wow. wow. Right, what, else, what else you got, Ollie? That you was only all start I had? that when you hit 70 years old. Okay, oh, wow. so there's okay. a cutoff. 70 is the cutoff. All wow. right, so so do you go or no go? 80s Republican theme Halloween party. You have to dress up like some 80s Republican. Do you go to that Halloween party? I don't know. It might be a little boring. I'll go. I'll might, check it out. Might be a lot of boring. Might, might be, be a lot of boring. All right, well. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead. You can do it, Ali. Give me All 30. Right. Well, Give ladies 30. and gentlemen, we've been kicking it here with Professor Nicholas Giordano, host of the PAS Report. The floor is yours, Professor. Tell them how they can support you and how to find out what you got going on. They can always go to pasreport.com. I put all the podcasts up over there. You could connect on any podcast platform. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, all the social media platforms. PAS Report at most places or Nicholas Giordano. You can check it out there. And yes, my interview with Cash Patel went live today. Nice. Yeah, Rob was just telling me about some Cash Patel stuff going on. Is he not one of the greatest dudes ever? Like, I I always wanted to meet that guy. I think he's a like he's a serious guy, like, but he seems cool. He's like a cool college kid, but like really serious. I I don't know what that weird vibe is. is And he's from Long Island, too. Really? Interesting. 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 Interesting stuff. All right, well, well listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have been kicking it with Professor Nicholas Giordano, host of the PAS Report. You see it on your screen. Show him some love. Live interview with uh, Cash Patel went live today. You've been checking us out on a Monday night. Make sure you jump over to TUConservative.com. Get yourself one of those Hamilton plans. Help, help us keep doing what we do. We will see you bright and early tomorrow morning for top of the morning every single Monday through Friday, the best 30-minute morning show on the planet. For my twin brother, Raheem Architect Soto, and our good friend, Professor Nicholas Giordano, y'all have a wonderful night. We'll see y'all tomorrow morning. Peace.